Welcome back to The Rundown here on WNYU 89.1 FM New York and online everywhere at WNYU.org. And this is your Rundown Report. This is our third week into doing this. Um, and I'm with your, with your news director, Jack Peterson. Hi. Hey, Grace. What's up? How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty solid, you know. Uh, it's, a, it's a new week. It's almost time to go back to classes. Uh, it's, uh, it's a whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But right now in this moment... When we got to talk about all the hottest and uh, spiciest news stories in the news today, uh, I'm feeling pretty good in the moment, at least. You know what I mean? Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. You'll yeah. see how long that lasts. Because I remember last week <laughs> we ended uh, we ended the show with a depressing sort of existential crisis moment. Right. Do we have any optimism to bring in to start? Uh, no, <laughs> but. <laughs> but Great. Do, you know what I do have is some pessimism. Okay, so if, mm. if that sounds welcome. All pessimism is welcomed. Pessimism moves mountains, as they say. They do say that. I don't know which mountains, but some of them. <laughs> Probably the. Uh, you hear about the. Um, you ever hear about the? Uh, I forget what it's called. The, the Yellowstone volcano. I saw a video mm. on this this week. In Yellowstone National Park, the super volcano, the super volcano, yeah, and eighty thousand years overdue. There you go. Okay, so you know more than me, but I just found out about this this week. I have a personal um, story with this. Do you actually? It's very personal. Oh, oh, it's very. So personal. yeah, I was in sixth grade. Okay. Um, and you know, I took a geology course with Mrs. Marsden. You know, Love she her. she was amazing. You know, she was one of those teachers who just like made you believe in yourself. Oh. She also made me believe in death. <laughs> When she showed us the Yellowstone mockumentary. (laughs) That shows what would happen if Yellowstone erupted and we would all die. Everyone I know in Arizona would die instantly. Even here, if it erupted, we would even like probably just have like really awful breathing. You know, like it would would get into... You know, it would just, you know, it it would um, catalyze global warming. Yeah. The scariest thing too about it is like this video I saw. This is not even like news or like relevant news but like i saw this video this week to me mm-hmm. it's news i don't know how i didn't know about this before i think i was i lived a shelter childhood but you probably did i mean you learned about this in school from mrs <laughs> marston and i'm sitting over here in new york being like yeah <laughs> i don't know what a volcano is and uh so i watched this video and it was like yeah it was places like arizona you know uh are are gonna get just like, wiped out it's gone it's off the face of the earth Places like New York, though, are going to get affected by, like, uh, you know, the crops all dying and right. like, everything just, like, falling apart physically until we're just, like, we live in a, in a dystopia, you know? So even people who survive are, like, screwed. Yeah, so the moral of the sco- story is there's no escape from death, you That's know? That's true. That's true. You know, we got, yeah. And, you know, for Al- some people uh, who work for large private corporations, mm. there's also not much escape from death if uh, you're one of those corporations who is not requiring a vaccine mandate. Oh, oh, that was a great segue. Continue with that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so the Supreme Court, you heard of these guys? They um, have held a lot of sort of increasing amount of influence in the last couple of years mm-hmm. with how much, uh, how many new justices that uh, former President Trump uh, appointed and how prominent their appointments were. Um, they, you know, Amy Coney Barrett uh, and um, uh, Brett Kavanaugh specifically right. were incredibly controversial picks, mm-hmm. have incredibly controversial views and things such as abortion and um, rape. And uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it turns out that the Supreme Court, with the, the supermajority that conservatives have now, also has some very significant thoughts on vaccine mandates. And this is an issue that conservatives have recently been very opposed to, the idea of 
vaccines being required for a variety of different things. Obviously, New York, uh, New York University here has a vaccine mandate. They've just instituted a booster shot mandate as well. And uh, I'm glad for one that they're, you know, equally enforcing it now with right. faculty and students. And, you know, they're doing a better job of it now. But uh, a lot of most most universities are doing this. You know, uh, we've covered it on the rundown over the last several months that it's um, it's it's in New York specifically. You know, most businesses you go into now you have to show your vaccination card. I work in a movie theater. You, I have to check mm-hmm. vaccination cards outside. All this to say, conservatives uh, are not happy with this decision, and they they believe it is uh, literally 1984 because. Right. Um, we're being forced to, uh, you know, show a little documentation that you have, in fact, decided to help uh, your fellow person. Right. Um, now, the Supreme Court um, has officially blocked President Biden's vaccine mandate for private companies. And this is private companies over 100 employees that previously he had proposed a mandate uh, that all of those large employers have to require um, a, a vaccination, a full vaccination. Mm-hmm. And this seems like common sense to me, considering over 100 employees, statistically more likely, obviously, to have employees interacting and spreading it because there are a lot of employees there. Um, now, the interesting thing about this is this was a split decision. So Supreme Court ended up saying it was okay to go ahead with the healthcare workers' mandate. So healthcare workers, mm-hmm. obviously, since they're interacting with people who have COVID all the time, um, Another thing I saw this week for the first time somehow was pictures of what a COVID ward actually looks like in like a hospital where they're being used. It's only a section, right? Like an area of it, and that's that's so creepy. You ever see the first episode of The Walking Dead where they have those doors? I have seen the first episode of The Walking Dead, Jack. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, too very much disturbing. Of yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, basically what I'm saying is that I, I've been living under a rock, but um, I have now seen what these things look like, and you know when healthcare workers are interacted with COVID patients and then say they're interacting with cancer patients right afterwards, obviously they need to be vaccinated so they're Mm -hmm. less likely to spread it between those populations. So they maintained that. Um, They didn't say it was unconstitutional, but they do believe that it was unconstitutional to uh, force larger private companies to mandate these vaccines. And this is at the same time when, uh, you know, something we covered a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. was the issue with Delta. Yeah, Delta Airlines. Uh, having their little closed-door meeting mm-hmm. with the CDC, leading to the CDC changing its guidance on quarantining, even after positive tests. This is not even having to do with vaccinations. So it's becoming more and more, I guess you could say, easy to spread COVID at your workplace. It, it's, there's becoming less and less uh, restrictions on that. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, what, what is your take on on vaccine mandates in general? Um, it, it's, a, it's become a controversial I mean- topic. It wasn't at the start. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's something that should not be politicized. It's like we get vaccines, we have vaccine mandates to go to school for like a plethora of other different illnesses and ailments. So why is this any different? You know, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it's that's what's especially weird about it is uh, that um, th- this has been a thing for for so long. Right. Obviously, like you know, it's the same population who are super pro, you know, super sticking up for uh, the military. Um, conservatives, that being, and oh, the really? military have to get a gajillion. What did you say? I said, "Oh, really?" <laughs> and they have to get a gajillion different vaccines that sometimes they're not even FDA approved, or sometimes they're even just being tested out for the first time. I didn't know that. Yeah, there are some there are some vaccinations that have been basically tested on military populations mm-hmm. who are going to like countries where they don't totally have protections already, and uh, that is um, that's that's uh, an issue that. Um, it doesn't seem to 
register as the same principle. Right. And, you know, really, if this, you know, it's just awful because if this were happening, this happened because Trump was in office, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like it almost adds insult to injury that now he's promoting the vaccine. He's promoting boosters all of a sudden. He's admitting to being boosted. And he's promoting masks. And even more insult to injury is him having testing positive for COVID before the debates, um, you know. So he he caused all of this disbelief and paranoia around and uh, politicization, politicalization around the vaccine. And then he just turns around and be like, oh, what? That wasn't me? (laughs) Guys, what are you doing Get the vaccine. It's like we've gone too far down that <laughs> route know. now, you know? Yeah. We're, we're at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and now you're regretting the beginning. Um, yeah. It's a strange... Uh, by the way, this is also completely off topic, but I also just saw something today. <laughs> Basically, I've watched a lot of videos today. I've had nothing to do on my break. I've been watching a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, I... Uh, felt compelled to say... Whoa. What? Whoa. Whoa. Oh, wait, I forgot you had the microphones on. The headphones? <laughs> The headphones on, I meant. I didn't want to hear you if I didn't have these headphones on. We're in the same room. (laughs) Um, But I saw a video where a friend of the show, Candace Owens, um, was, uh, believes that Bob Saget died because he got vaccinated. Oh, dear. Yeah. I guess he got a booster shot recently, and so that he Uh, killed him. Um, Anyway, that's not related to what I was talking about. Not fair to his death at all to, like, suddenly use that as kind of like a a scary Facebook... um, I don't know what you call it, but yeah, that was just that just seems very inappropriate to me. A yeah. clickbait head like, using well, his what? death as a clickbait headline. Yeah, here's what really happened mm-hmm. to Bob Saget. How yeah. did he really die? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean we don't know, but you know it's like it's not fair. <laughs> probably not a it's vaccine. Really... Um, yeah, so the the thing about this uh, this blocking by the mm-hmm. Supreme Court here um, is that the original uh, the original mandate was that companies certified by OSHA, you know, these larger companies, right. OSHA was putting this in place specifically with an emergency temporary standard, or ETS, um, which the idea would be, or the mandate, I guess, would, the requirement, would be that all workers at any company over 100 employees in the United States either has to get vaccinated by COVID, but this is not a, vac- a vaccination mandate also. Mm-hmm. It's like, it is up ultimately up to the company, right. which... In my opinion, if I was choosing what to do, I would say it's more important to make it a full vaccination mandate. Mm -hmm. Um, But what the mandate was is that every one of these companies has to either have vaccinated employees or have employees who are tested every single week and wear masks to work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's that's especially scary because by striking this down, the Supreme Court is not just blocking a vaccine mandate. They're also blocking a testing mandate. Um, Now a company doesn't have to, you know choose one or the other, they don't really have to do either one. Um, and uh, the, the, the court said in their, in their statement when they put out this, this block is, um, quote, the challenges posed by a global pandemic do not allow a federal agency to exercise power that Congress has not conferred upon mm-hmm. it. Um, and they're, they're basically saying that uh, the difference between what a company, what like OSHA is allowed to do is that they um, they should be allowed to reg- regulate workplace safety, but mm-hmm. not healthcare protocol countrywide. Ugh. But uh-huh. they're not taking into account that healthcare protocol affects workplace safety, and you know sometimes vice versa, even you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, that's what's that's what's the point that's been miss- missed here by I think the court, um, and uh, and that's what could potentially. Um, 
you know, allows a lot of companies, which a lot of companies, you know, especially not here in New York, are, are owned by largely conservative people who mm -hmm. have, have complained historically about having to institute vaccine mandates. So they're going to use this opportunity to not do so, you know. Yeah, and I really don't think they fully realize that they're, I mean, I said this last week, that they're kind of shooting, or a couple weeks ago, is that they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot mm -hmm. um, when they do these things. Like, it might seem good to them in the short term having more employees, but more employees are going to get sick, more employees are going to die, and then you have no one working for you. Yeah. You know? This is the societal collapse the CDC was afraid of. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um, and ironically, considering yeah. it's the you know the opposite. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and this is the so the other thing that too that's happened is that obviously private companies. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have a statistic necessarily, but like I would assume the majority of private companies, since they were instituting these mandates already, are, are going to continue to institute the mandates. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna. A lot of them don't, are not getting rid of them, including uh, a company known as uh, Carhartt. They make jackets. You might yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of yeah. a Carhartt jacket. I'm actually wearing Carhartt. Uh, brand pants right now uh, oh no way in fact. and um carhartt they're perfectly fine company of uh as far as the products they make you know they um they make some pretty warm jackets pretty sturdy material it's you know good. You yeah know, it's furry it's uh it, <laughs> they're furries is what i'm trying to say um allegedly <laughs> and uh basically carhartt is going ahead with their vaccine mandate. They okay. they have this um, they have this choice as a as a private company. They decided to continue with it. They put out a statement uh, and said that they are still requiring all of their employees to uh, be vaccinated. And QAnon, um, the the people who I mean, this is QAnon. This is also just conservatives in general mm -hmm. have taken to Twitter and are very upset about this um, because Carhartt is a company, I guess, that is mostly. Uh, you know, shopped at by people who are like these rugged American Working class. Yeah, yeah blue collar. Blue collar. I'm get a, their hands dirty. Yeah, I'm not afraid to get my hands. <laughs> I'm gonna put my Carhartt jacket on when, to go fly the Confederate flag. I was gonna say when I was working as a Wrangler in Colorado on a dude ranch, I wore a lot of Carhartt. You worked as a Wrangler on a dude ranch? You didn't know that? You probably told me. I was a cowboy. Before. That's right. You were a cowboy. Anyways, we don't talk about that. No, and, no. But now we've said it on live air, so <laughs> yeah. um, there goes my future. I know. I, I think Carhartt, you know, they... Just outed myself as a... As a dude ranch employee? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Continue, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I was going to say Carhartt, uh, Carhartt has decided not to... I guess the, the point is, you know, so, so the quartering, I don't know if you've heard of this, mm -hmm. the quartering, a prominent conservative YouTuber, um, said, uh, I spent thousands a year on Carhartt hoodies, jackets, winter gear thousands i don't know about that today that ends i guess i'm looking for alternatives seriously this is insane given their target market i'm done purchasing any of their stuff giving them thousands in free advertising okay what about thousands is a, is a strange thing to spend on jacket a one jacket company a year you know when you care about fashion jack this is not too far from the truth you know right right are you saying understandable so anyway, anyway. The, the, uh, the, this uh, tweet is especially, yeah, I mean, the the Twitter storm that has, uh, storm, no pun intended, uh -huh. the, uh, this this other guy with a uh, Guy Fox mask has his profile picture, I don't think he sees the irony in that, says, bye at Carhartt, warrior S-word for years, never again, <laughs> into the abyss with you as well, hashtag woke. Great voice acting. Thank you, I just assume that's what he sounds like. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so th this other dude says, I just find these tweets really funny, and that's yeah. why I'm keeping on going. But like, <laughs> he's, this other guy 
says, um, uh, you're going to share info about someone who wanted freedom for all while forcing employees against, I actually don't know what they're talking about here, against their will. Good thing I can return the six jackets, overalls, and gloves I bought this week. This week? My 2K may not mean anything to you, but it'll add up when others join. I, I think it's it's clear that um, the people who... I, I think it's actually a good move Carhartt made, not just because of the, the, the mandate itself and public health reasons, but also they kind of stopped a couple of people's s- seemingly serious addictions to buying Carhartt merchandise. Yeah. They're literally just helping those shopaholics go cold turkey. Yeah, I think this is you an know? intervention. It was an intervention for all the conservative yeehaw Carhartt wearers. Right, right. They didn't so, do this for profit. You know? Yeah, they no, they didn't, didn't do this for the greater good of Americans no. being safe and protected from a pandemic. They did this for conservative shopaholics. Yeah, they needed to, somebody needed to cap. step in. Yeah. That's capitalism. Well, no, it's not. I said that's cap, but it's also capitalism. Sure. You said that's cap. And yeah. You know, if they wanted to, if they wanted to, if Carhartt wanted to make money, you know, obviously, and uh, at the expense of public health, like say Delta, mm-hmm. I think they might have been doing a better job not not mandating vaccines, but investing in you know some new Carhartt brand white hoods, maybe mm-hmm. maybe some jackets to go along with them. Uh, their jackets that they sell already have hoods. All you need to do is paint the, them a different color, cut some eye holes in the front. Um, that's just my opinion. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, the, uh, th- the funny thing about conservative ideology, um, is that they are very into trying to limit what certain private companies, at least outwardly, can, mm-hmm. can choose to do. Can, right. Like, the mis- decisions they can make. Like, social media companies, they're always like, oh, Twitter can't ban Trump. You know, mm-hmm. it's he, it's a public medium, but it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. Right. You know, they, they have these new, like, diversity initiatives. They have, like, companies are, like, te- you know, using, at least they think they're using, like, critical race theory in their, like, diversity intervention programs. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that sucks. Vax mandate, same thing. But obviously that's, that's an inconsistent belief because when they choose, just like with cancel culture, when they choose that a private company is doing something they like and it should be able to do whatever they want, Oh, it's the free market. A company can do what it wants. Uh, they don't want to sell a wedding cake to a gay couple. Then that's the private company's prerogative. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just depends on the circumstance. And that's what's especially uh, silly, I think, about uh, this whole thing. Right. I, it is It is very silly, Jack. <laughs> it's very silly. Yeah. <laughs> um, one last thing I want to say about this, because I know we have to get into other topics, and uh, we've been rambling. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, Religious exemptions in vaccinations. Um, mm. What is your take on this? Oof. Uh, I think it's silly. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I feel this overrides spiritual beliefs. Yeah. The 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 health of the greater good. Maybe. What do you say? Yeah. I. I. Um am willing to be disrespectful. I okay. <laughs> think that, uh, the thing- I mean, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, let yeah. me backpedal a little bit, because then I think of religious exemptions to, you know, queer, gay marriage, and yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's ridiculous. So, okay. No, I, I am fully... I think religious ex- uh, exemptions are BS. Yeah, Kay. yeah. And, and Anyways, this, this- I, 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 re- I retract my hesitation, essentially. Gotcha. You're going full thrust now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the... Uh, 
the thing about religious exemptions that especially with, like compare like gay marriage to to vaccination mm-hmm. like there actually is stuff in the bible saying stuff like negative things about you know men who sleep with other men there isn't anything that tells you don't get vaccinated so like sometimes oh yeah we are we had some wonderful reporters mm-hmm. um who did a story on this, you yes. know, they yeah. talked about the vaccination and mandates and uh, how this ties into religious exemptions. exemptions. And the thing is, at least I can say this with 100% certainty and positivity with Christianity, is that there's nothing in the Bible um, or anything in their ideology that stands against vaccinations, you know. The only connection is to Christians is um, Trump. yes. Right, the the Christian and the, uh, idol. Yeah, and the, it's kind of ironic because it's like we have Biden in office who is the true Catholic and goes to church every Sunday, and we have Trump who goes to church when he makes it a um, statement against um, the the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, and he holds the remember. Bible kind of like this. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell on the... I don't know if it's making a sound. I trying to, I trying Jack, to people can't see you. You have to no, keep I that know. in mind. I was trying to make it, it making it a radio thing. I was holding the microphone from the bottom. I figured, like, the sound... If they have headphones, then I figured the sound's going to come from the bottom of the head. Is that how it works? I don't know. I don't know how these things are. um, I don't know, but I get what you're saying, that he's he's a silly little goof when it comes to religion, but, you know, lots of... um, Christians have still latched on to his ideologies. Yeah, that's what, that's a good way to put it. So a little goof, I think, is true. Um, I, I mean, I am not a religious man um, whatsoever. Uh, so I don't think I'm necessarily the, the authority on, like, you know, what a religious exemption should uh, be qualified as or whatever, mm-hmm. but I was looking at the, you know, the, the emails about, like, the booster shot requirement right. and stuff like that, and I was seeing that there was an option you could put in for a medical exemption or a religious exemption, you had to fill out a form. You could mm-hmm. like file a petition to the to the university, and you're like, I don't have to get my booster because I uh, it goes against my religion. I don't have to. Uh, I mean, the medical one makes sense, obviously. Right. You know, if you literally mm-hmm. can't get that the vaccine, yeah, then yeah, fill out that form. Don't hold and that you're up good. against you. Right. Um, but I don't think that there's a, especially with a booster shot. I don't think that Matthew ten four says, you know. Uh, thou shalt not get a third shot of of your COVID vaccine mm-hmm. unless I mean I haven't read the Bible I honestly don't know. Um, oh wait, actually no, there is there is a passage that says exactly that in Corinthians. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, well, you know, I heard in Job forty five eleven it actually says don't get J and J, and yet you did. <laughs> we don't talk about the vaccine I got on air, Jack. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. Right. Okay. Is this sound like we're promoting big pharma? <laughs> It just sounds like you're promoting J and J, and for you know, they make good um, baby powder. Yeah, you know, it's like they perfected the two in one shampoo and conditioner, and they they kind of got it done with the vaccine more or less. But you know, yeah. they, I feel like they took up too much from their shampoo. And <laughs> I used to get um, that's a bit of a tr- their soap. Actually, don't ever use their soap. You know, yeah. don't use it for your hair, ladies. That's just some advice from me. Right. Never use a two in one. You only shampoo your hair once or twice a week, Max, okay? Yeah. I use the okay, two ones girlies. that are like dollar store ones, though. Oh, Jack. Like, I don't get the... Not always, <laughs> just sometimes. You ever heard of the brand VO5? They're pretty good. Like no. a two-in-one. Um, we, we invest in our hair. That's why it looks this good. Yeah, I don't invest in mine. But it still looks good, so... Who might have come That's questionable. Well, we're on the radio, so you can't tell anyway. <laughs> you, you they can, can hear it. 
Well, what the last <laughs> thing I want to say about this, I have a question. I, I is if my religion says that um, everyone uh, should and and needs to be vaccinated mm-hmm. against COVID, if that is my religious freedom, do I get a religious exemption to anti-vaxxers? Absolutely. <laughs> sounds like the logic choice. <laughs> that sounds like the logical choice. Right. Um, I see the argument you're making, right. which really just shows how silly it is, you know? Well, no, I wasn't actually being silly. I actually... No, it shows how religion. silly... The... No, I was being serious. Oh. As a... What's your religion, Jack? It's the flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, What else is in the news, Grace? Okay, so um, so we've got the Senate Majority Leader, and he doesn't have a majority of the votes to change the filibuster or pass the voting rights reforms, and he wanted to do that all before MLK Day, which was on Monday. Um, and so they want to send federal standards to voting. Um, every representative stands against it. Um, there is a narrow Democratic majority um, that that needs to have ended the filibuster, but that's being blockaded by West Virginia and Arizona, Mansion oh, and Cinema. And it's why are Democrats doing this now? I think they are running short on time to pass legislation and it's an election year and they promised voting protections and they need to prove that they at least tried. Um activists demanding change are like demanding changes to the filibuster. And uh, yeah, they they just want to show that they've tried and they are really trying to wear down uh, this criticism by activists while uh, making Republicans fight publicly about election security and keep the focus on Trump. But we've got Cinema, um, who is against any change to the filibuster, and we've got Joe Manchin, who just has really no incentive to change it. He said, Joe Manchin said um, today, quote, the government will stand behind them to make sure they don't, they have a right to vote. We act like we're going to obstruct people from voting. That's not going to happen, end quote. Um, But does he know that he is behind this very said government of his? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That he has the power to change what's happening. Um, This is quite literally his administration. Yep. Um, So, yeah, there's the voting tonight to counter the nationwide ballot suppression um, and that the House approved last week. And there's just... So much hypocrisy. Like, you know, it's now illegal for volunteers to give out water in ballot lines, but corporations can give endless funds to candidates, Mm -hmm. you know? Right, exactly. Um, And a filibuster, kind of as Warren describes it, is a very wicked tool. Um, Oh, because she's from Massachusetts. Yes. wicked. Wait, so she likes ah, the filibuster? No, wicked is a negative thing. Right, so wicked, it's a wicked, uh, wicked no. rocking tool. What do Massachusetts people say? I don't know. Dunkin' Donuts, yum. Yeah, Dunkin' Donuts, yum. <laughs> I'm sorry if that was offensive. I, to, to what, Boston residents? Boston residents. Like, hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's half my family. Oh, really? Yeah, it is. Um, but just so you know, I, just to put you at ease here, um, Joe Manchin, um, says that uh, he doesn't take it personal that they're going ahead with this legislation, despite him. Did you know this? He says this today. He said that today? Yeah, he doesn't take it personal. He doesn't take it personal? Doesn't it's okay, guys. No, wait, is he a servant to the people? Uh, that's what I thought. Oh. Uh, he pays salary. Or I guess one state does. Um, so, w- with Mansion and Cinema specifically, um, the, the stuff about the filibuster is so funny to me because... Um, 
Manchin and and Cinema are really the only people in the Democratic Party who are standing. I mean, obviously this is like their theme. They're the they're the recurring villain who uh, exist only to give themselves the spotlight or to block something that mm-hmm. you know, that you know uh, Joe Biden could push harder for. Right. Um, and uh, so Manchin actually said today, not only does he not take it personally, uh, but that he's never changed his mind about the uh, filibuster. He's not going to change his mind, uh, even if other Democrats do. Mm-hmm. He's not. You can't pressure him. And uh, he also said he's used to being primaried. Uh, that he is. He doesn't care if they try to primary him. He's not going to take the quote nuclear option to get rid of the filibuster. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, you know, at least he's principled. Better than most politicians can say. At least he sticks to his guns. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, West you know, Virginia. Almost seven. Yeah. West but, Virginia. Uh, okay, I was gonna play this clip by. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, uh, Warren today um, in the Senate uh, and just kind of how menacing the uh, filibuster is. The filibuster has been weaponized to intensify partisan division. The filibuster is a wicked tool used to kill legislation supported by the majority of Americans of all political parties. And that's true for protecting the right to vote and gun safety legislation and immigration reform and codifying Roe versus Wade. The filibuster thwarts the will of the people. Today's filibuster doesn't encourage debate. It promotes cowardice. Senators can torpedo bills without saying a single word in public or even stepping to the floor of the United States Senate. So what did you think of that, Jack? Yeah, I mean, I'm no uh, I'm no fan, really, of Elizabeth Warren, but she makes some very... Uh, I mean, I think the way that she described it was very accurate. Um, I I think that the the history of the um, the filibuster being used mm-hmm. in the Senate to block like, right. civil rights legislation mm-hmm. especially, right. and the way that Republicans have weaponized it mm-hmm. is really... It, it. I think just all it does is it points out the how silly and outdated the concept of having a filibuster is like this was used back in the you know like back at the beginning of america when the early senate was like maybe we should have an option so that if somebody feels like they're being like they're they got no chance here that they can stand on the floor and they can explain their position and keep going and say everything they need to say Mm -hmm. and it's like in theory okay yeah they should have time to speak Mm -hmm. but under current filibuster rules and the way that it currently operates it doesn't require somebody standing in front of everybody and talking for hours and hours and hours. That's how it used to be. Yeah, it's, it's not... just a cop-out now. Yeah. You know? It's like we've got these crusty senators who are blocking the removal of the filibuster, and by that I mean mansion and cinema. Crusty? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> filibuster. And with the, these vain excuses that are in the best interest of quote-unquote bipartisanship, and it's shameful because the GOP um, would not hesitate to do so if it were in their best interest, you know? Yeah, bipartisanship, bifartisanship is what I think. Um, the, <laughs> yeah. very mature. Here's the th- uh, thank you, um, news director here. The um, thing about the filibuster that I think is so, um, like, what I think Democrats should do with the filibuster is much like what Bernie Sanders did with the filibuster about 10 years ago, where he took it to its most extreme level and stood on the House floor, uh, the Senate floor for 
hours and hours and mm-hmm. hours, the entire day, because he was wanting to stick to his principles about mm-hmm. legislation and support. And it worked because people not only saw him as a viable presidential candidate in the future, and he ended up running and being quite successful, but it worked in terms of raising national awareness for you know eight hours or however long it was that he stood on that right. floor. And that's a way that you can use it, like being obnoxious that, to the level mm-hmm. that people notice. And that's the way that Republicans use it all the time. Mm-hmm. But Democrats don't do that enough. And so for that reason, if they're not going to continue to weaponize it themselves. Then one side just can't do it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So it shouldn't exist at all. It shouldn't exist at all, period. But I'm glad that, you know, every once in a while, somebody will do it to make a stand. Yeah. I mean, I have this quote here from Martin Luther King Jr. Back in 1964, he said, It is not too much to ask, 101 years after the emancipation, that senators who must meet the challenge of filibuster do so in the spirit of the heroes of Birmingham. And what he's referring to that is the four young African-American girls uh, killed in the racist bombings of the 16th Street Baptist Church on September 15th, 1963. Um, And it's not that just they're not just like these rights are not just the same it's that they've worsened in the past decade um martin luther king jr the third made the point um in an op-ed today that since his daughter was born when she, and she's like 15 now that voting rights have become less and less secure he said quote over the past 13 years since our greatest joy came into the world, the Supreme Court has twice over gutted the Voting Rights Act of 1965, a historic bill Yolanda's grandfather and countless other nonviolent resistance leaders bled to secure in the year between Yolanda's 12th and 13th birthdays. Senate legislators passed 34 suppressive laws in 19 states that made it harder to, for people to vote, including a draconian law in our home state of Georgia that criminalizing handing out water to voters waiting in long lines. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's it's um, in, in, a, in a modern society where things like this, especially these vital like voting protections, change so quickly and so severely. Mm-hmm. And where, like, you know, things such as Roe v. Wade, which is, like, considered, you know, obviously has been referred to many times as, like, a super precedent. Right, right. It's not going to be overruled. Is now, like, there's, there's discussion about it being overruled. And just the fact that that is true, it makes it clearer and clearer that the something such as the filibuster, which is used to preserve those obstructions, uh, has no right to exist if it's being used in that direction. Yeah, it, it has no right to be used if it's being weaponized against the people that it was built for. Yeah, and it's especially funny because it's like this is like the Senate using their and the House using their power to uh, to vote and then to continue to like push their vote as hard as they can mm-hmm. when most people now in in America are not being given the uh, ability to vote even once. So yeah, you know that's uh, maybe we should get to filibuster too when the uh, Senate doesn't do its job. Right. You know, it's been the filibuster has infamously and historically been used to offset civil rights legislation in the Senate. Um, And, you know, I think Joe Biden has made a very direct statement today that he is now against the filibuster. Um, And Joe Biden said today, and this is kind of alongside the uh, lines of the Voting Rights Act that they're trying to put in place. Do you want to be on the side of Dr. King or George Wallace? Um, He said... Do you want to be on the side of John Lewis or Bull Connor? Do you want to be on the side of Abraham Lincoln or Jefferson Davis? 
Um, so essentially, he's saying, do you believe in basic human rights or do you believe in white supremacists? Um, and bringing up Abraham Lincoln was kind of questionable because he is kind of the equivalent of the modern day Republican. But nonetheless, made a good point. Well, it's also it's a funny point, too, because like Jefferson Davis is a person who is more or less revered by like the Republican Party. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, we want to be like, like yeah. Jefferson Davis. Yeah. That's the one where like they know where they fall. It's like, oh, do you want to be like Robert E. Lee? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. They do. Right. Um, do you want to be like Ronald Reagan? Yes. Uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta really drive it home. Um, and uh, yeah, I think this is you know this is another example of Biden having hints of of. Uh, progressive reasonable things behind a whole layer of inaction um mm, that's been the ongoing theme yeah unfortunately of, yeah i mean this is obviously not and of course comparable but like it reminds me of when he finally admitted that uh the armenian genocide was a genocide and uh right. he was like okay so like you know what happened a long time ago right <laughs> like <laughs> it's not like he said anything about that until recently you know um too little too late sort of deal and I think that's true with every measure that he takes within this this battle with mainstream cinema as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he has power over them. He's the president of the United States. They're there for checks and balances to some extent, but um, he has the power to lobby to strip them of, of their committee positions. He has the power to no longer endorse them as members of the party. Right. Republicans do it to their own mm-hmm. all the time. You know, just saying. 100%. And then, yeah, so I, wanted, I also wanted to share this quote by... Um, MLK the third today he said in a tweet today remember the true nature of my father's work he fought for easy access to the ballot box and civil rights protections he isn't a figurehead to be used to uplift backwards agendas we won't celebrate until congress does its job and legislates um and i think he's kind of saying that into kind of the um the empty um kind of nods towards MLK Day from a lot of conservatives and moderates. So, like, uh, Kevin McCarthy tweeted, from the halls of Ebenezer Baptist Church to the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, MLK spent his life spreading what he called the gospel of freedom. He never gave up and never preached hate. His words and example inspire us today as we celebrate a great American on MLK Day. Um, so it's pretty ironic and tone deaf, to say the least. And Republicans and moderates want to celebrate this day because they think the work is done and they want people to believe that the work is done. Um, and I think that's why activists, um, and including uh, Martin Luther King Jr. III, um, want to se- um, are making the point to say that this is not a day of celebration as we're slipping and we're a country slipping into authoritarianism you know this is a day to legislate not celebrate mm-hmm. and that's a great a really really great quote um because yeah it, it's absolutely been so apparent in all the years that um the recent more culture war driven years of politics where um every republican and every you know alt-right figure that's around still it, tweeted something quoting Martin Luther King mm-hmm. on Martin Luther King Day and you know almost in every single one of those tweets also just as a, an aside was using the quote um, that when Martin Luther King said that uh, he dreams of a society where mm-hmm. we judge people not by the color of their skin but by the content of their character that was the one quote every conservative felt compelled to quote on Martin Luther King Day because if they quoted another quote of his 
um, you know, they might be stumbling upon the quotes where he critiques capitalism, the quotes where he talks about how white moderates and conservatives are responsible for the perpetuation of racism. He might be, they might be quoting him saying that he's a democratic socialist and proud of it. He might be, you know, they might be talking about all of his pro-labor stances and all of his, uh, you know, outside of the realm of being anti-blatant racism. Yeah. He he also had a lot of really radical uh, progressive stances as well in other areas. And um, so I think the conservative uh, uh, party, the uh, England, the Republican Party, (laughs) um, is playing a dangerous game when they want to pretend that they would have liked Martin Luther King back then. They would have hated Martin Luther King back then. Um, Remember his approval rating was I think like 25%, I might be getting that wrong, when he died mm-hmm. uh, by all Americans. And uh, Republicans would not have supported his, his the civil rights movement back in the day. They are not the party who supported it at the time, mm-hmm. not the, the political movement at least. Right. And uh, quoting him now and choosing to quote only that one speech, that first part of that one speech, is proof that all they support is the most obvious of can't really call it anti-racism you know right from coming from them but just um, kind of the most surface level things yeah their, their quote basically is saying hey there was a famous black guy who didn't like racism i also don't like discrimination that is their that is their stance and uh pretty brave of them to say it's really brave, <laughs> it's really brave. It's 2021 <laughs> i uh have a lot of quotes of martin luther king's that i agree with and that I would be proud to quote because I right. am a person who I like to think I have, a, have have principles that I stand by and I wouldn't be like hypocritical by quoting something that he said critiquing capitalism, you know? Yeah, it's like I feel like a lot of these people would pay lip service to Dr. King's memory and quoting him out of context uh, quoting him out of context rather than discussing the complicated reality of American fascism. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Um we should start to wrap it up here. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that was a very pointed yeah. What Sorry. Do do? Nothing. This was a mutual um, going over the thing. So, you know, I have sure. myself to blame as well. Well, we have all the time in the world, really, you know. Yeah. What's going to happen? Are we going to get fired? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I guess I am the one who said that Carhartt should make clan robes earlier, so maybe. We'll <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but the. Uh, <laughs> Last thing I wanted to say, this is related to the topic of the filibuster and the topic of the Senate right. in general, is the midterms mm-hmm. um, are the the midterms are obviously later this year, and uh, I think this is something we could go more in depth about maybe next week or in the future. Um, but Democrats have in front of them a slam dunk, an easy win. It should be an easy win. Mm-hmm. They're against the party of the guy they just destroyed in the last mm-hmm. election. Their, his supporters, Trump's supporters and, and, and Republicans, look increasingly delusional every single day. Um, it should be very easy if the Democrats um, were a significantly different party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find that their midterm strategy is kind of scaring me a little bit. Because, oh, no. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, we should be scared. It's, you should be alarmed. <laughs> you should be alarmed. Freak out right now. Um, but the uh, I was reading a New York Times article earlier today mm-hmm. that said uh, the, the headline was frustrated Democrats call for a reset ahead of the midterm elections. Mm-hmm. And it actually talks kind of in depth about how both moderate Democrats and also more progressive Democrats mm-hmm. are both frustrated about the way that the party is moving towards the midterms. Yeah. Um, 
it's saying you know the Democrats already were were prepared to have some Republicans that would be strong challenges that they you know they might be in trouble in some of their seats in the midterms they lost a lot of house seats in 2020 mm-hmm. even though they went back to set up so so slimly they went back to set in January um, and uh, so obviously this is already this already seemed like it would be something difficult but both um, both like moderate the moderate stance seems to be oh we're going too far and to to the left and we're we're doing too much and that's why people are not going to vote for us. Uh, the progressive strategy, um, which for my money makes a lot more sense, is that uh, it's become more and more unclear what the Democrat Party is doing that is distinguishing itself from the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Not that they're going too far towards the left wing of the spectrum, but that they're not distinguishing themselves from the center or from the right side of the spectrum. Like, what's the difference is what probably a lot of people see. You know? Right. And uh, Bernie Sanders is quoted in this article, and he says, I think millions of Americans have become very demoralized. They're asking, what do the Democrats stand for? Uh, Clearly, the current strategy is failing, and we need a major course correction. Um, And uh, another another, uh, representative who's running for uh, a Senate seat in Ohio, Tim Ryan, said uh, that he he believes that that the party is simply not addressing what voters are looking for them to address, Mm -hmm. simply about... uh, pandemic-related things like school closures and uh, right. a lot of economic issues that, that Republican voters, whether they're misguided or not, uh, a lot of people are blaming recent inflation, supply chain issues and stuff on Biden. It's I don't think the, the fault is to be uh, pointed at Biden for these things, but they are consistently. And so it is the Democratic Party's job to put those concerns at ease, even if we don't agree with them. Um Tim Ryan said, it seems like the Democrats can't get out of their own way. They have to do a better job of being clear on what they're trying to do. And yeah. um, when you have a party who, in 2020, floated around the idea of trying to paint the Republican Party as the anti-cop party and trying to paint themselves as the pro-law and order pol- uh, party, and when they're trying to be, you know, like we're gonna, like when Eric Adams is saying, we're going to get back to normal, no lockdowns, they're not painting themselves as anything different than... Uh, a second party that is almost the same, and what what draws somebody to one party over the other? It's a stark difference. They're not going to vote for a Democrat party because they think it's similar to the Republican party if they're a moderate, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Um, and while I, I I know that it is very easy to dismiss Republican voters um, and to assume that people are voting based on their prejudices, which is often true, it's also it also can't be ignored that there are humans who are simply uh, not as not as uh, caught up to speed on politics and that there are things that can be done for them in the, in the, on that front you know that Democratic Party does not do a lot of the times. you know it, it's politics is primarily not an issue of I feel this specific way on this specific thing. It can and should be an issue about the working class and our struggle to get past the corporate hurdles that keep us in the working class position. And that's true for Republicans and Democrats. Mm -hmm. It's most, you know, a a large, large portion of Republican voters are working class people in rural areas who just simply don't understand that the policies of Republicans make their situation worse most of the time. Um, and I think that's what Democrats should be focusing on. But the reason that people in working class suburbs vote for Republicans a lot of the time 
because they don't see what Democrats are doing that's different. Um, and they default to the, the cultural-related issues of the Republican Party. And that's that's my soapbox stance on it. Uh, no, that's a great point, and it was very well said. I totally agree. Um, and I think I just wanted to end out with um, something that's near and dear to me, which is uh, my hate for Kirsten Cinema. <laughs> Uh, and being from Arizona, wait. So correct me if I'm two- wrong. You Shh. okay? I will. I will go. I will say. Okay. You okay. Expose yourself. Expose yourself. So you know, um, um, MLK the third was in Phoenix today at a um, civil rights rally, and he said, "History will remember Senator Cinema, I believe, unkindly for her position on the filibuster." Um, and you know, he she he's saying this after even she like praised John Lewis as her personal hero, but publicly tanked the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Um, and you know, Arizona is one of the 19 states that passed more than 30 state voting laws in the last year, including a ban on giving water to voters in long lines and stricter ballot signatures requirement signature requirements. Um, so he was definitely sending a message to cinema. Uh, he definitely went to Arizona to send a message to her. Um, and I appreciate that. And I just really hope she sees that and just personally thinks. And I hope Manchin thinks this too, that do I want to be on the side that was against MLK? And I think it's disappointing with cinema personally. It was like she was this like act. She was, she was kind of, she had a pretty liberal upbringing and she was like one of the first queer women to be represented and so for me like coming from a conservative area and a conservative high school like it was really exciting to see someone representing Arizona who was openly a bisexual woman um and to be a democrat um and like even me and my mom both canvassed for her so now it's just a big disappointment and now my mom is angrily driving up to her office with really angry notes what are you doing? I don't know what she's saying, but you know, my mom has a word or two with Kirsten Cinema, and I say, continue to drive up to her office, even though it's closed and they won't aren't accepting any visitors at this time. Mm. But um, anyways, at any time, I just hope she knows that she's on the wrong side of history. Well said. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I think that um, she won't see that until she is primaried. Yep. I, well, yep, exactly, exactly. Um, I think that's all we have time for. Um, this has been an ongoing theme of running um, running late on time, running overtime. But I think we will be back next week. Yeah. We will be back next week. That was a question. Oh, oh yeah. Um, yes. Next week will be the last uh, uh, official hmm. rundown report. Before we remove, we move back to uh, regular your reg- your regular scheduled um, yes. rundown. Yes. So yeah, um, thank you so much for tuning in. It was such a pleasure talking to everyone for an hour about politics and our humble little opinions. Um, and we'll see you next week, same time, same place. And I hope you'll join us. Um, what's up next, Jack? Well, up next we actually have quite a few different shows uh, that are are broadcasting. We have our most stacked podcast grid over the next uh, two hours or so Mm. that uh, are going to be airing. And we have new episodes of But Why. We have new episode of uh, East Village Love Stories. New episode of What the New York with Hidden Ari. uh, A new episode of Yesterday's Heroes and On the Lower Frequencies all airing today. And, uh, you know... Yeah. interested in those shows stay tuned I don't know. Sounds, sounds great uh, again this has been the rundown your 
The Rundown Report. I'm your host, Grace Monabo, and this is on 89.1 <laughs> <That's so delicious. laughs> FM. 